0: Okay the Pasha the parasha is Swayera. I would like to say a few things about stone about stone first in the, in the past I've pointed out several times that this there's an interaction a kind of strange interaction between Abraham and Hagar about Sodom Uh, in which Abraham is differentiated it's like he, Abraham is different than he was in Akedat Yitzchak in Akedat Yitzchak even though it may seem to us to be unreasonable uh, for a person to sacrifice his son to God Abraham as you remember did not respond. He didn't say anything about the the obligation to sacrifice his son. He took it upon himself as though it was a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Now it is true, probably, that in that world there were uh, more than once or twice uh, human sacrifices that human sacrifices were not such an unreasonable an unreasonable thing, nevertheless we like to think that Avraham Avinu held himself to a different moral standard, that somehow he knew, he Avraham Avinu knew what should be how it should be Uh, but when Hashem tells Avraham Avinu to go and sacrifice his son there's no response in fact the pasuk says avraham just as we'll see in our parasha as well he got up early to go and do this mitzvah and uh, the Gemara says that that's an indication of zirut, like he moved quickly that when you do a mitzvah you should, this is what we learned from Avramavinu, Avinu that when you do a mitzvah you should do it um, you should do it with energy, with uh, you know, one of those words. Well, we learn it from Avram Avinu's reaction to the Tsivui to sacrifice his son, which maybe to us might seem a little strange, right? But Avram Avinu accepted the Tsivui, the command, as though it was perfectly reasonable. In fact, at the end of Akedat Yitzchak, you remember, remember, the angel comes down and says to Avram Avinu, "Al taas lo Au taas lo don't do anything, Mu'uma, don't do anything." So, so, what was the anything that the angel was telling Avram Avinu not to not to do? The Rashi says, based on the, the Gemara. Abraham thought. Abraham thought to himself this was his problem according to Rashi. How could it be that God told me to sacrifice my son and then God tells me not to sacrifice my son? That was the, the moral problem that, that, Ye, that Abraham had according to Rashi. Not whether he could sacrifice his son and not even whether God would be able to fulfill the promise that he made to Avram Avim which was that he would have children if he killed his son. Because as far as Avram Avim was concerned, that's God's problem. And God will will handle it. That's not not Avram's problem. What was Avram's problem in Akedat Yitzchak according to Rashi? What's Avram's problem? That God told Avram to sacrifice his son and then when he put his son up on the altar The angel told him not to sacrifice his son. So what was Avraham Avinu's problem? It wasn't so much, could God change God's mind, because we know that the answer to that question is yes. But Avraham Avinu's problem was, how can I, Avraham Avinu, do both commands? How can I listen to God and sacrifice my son, and listen to God and not sacrifice my son? That was Avraham's and that's not a moral dilemma. It's just a plain, old, regular question. How can you do two contradictory things when God is telling you to do both, both of them? So Rashi says, On that pasuk, the angel comes and says to, the angel comes and says to Avraham, don't do anything to him. But it doesn't say in the pasuk what the anything is. The Rashi says that Abraham had this idea. How can he do both? How can he sacrifice his son, fulfill that command, and not sacrifice his son, fulfill that command? So he said he would um, create a physical blemish in Yitzchak, like uh, cut his eyelid or something, uh, something very minor, which would render him unfit for being a sacrifice. He Yitzhak, if he followed the rules of sacrifices. So then Avraham yeah, said, "Look, I was here ready to sacrifice my son, but I can't do it because he has this blemish, you know. So, so I'm I'm fulfilling both, or oh, I'm trying to fulfill both. I'm not denying my obligation. So that's what Rashi says. So Rashi says that the word You look at the blackboard. See the blackboard: Mem, Aleph." vav, mem, hey, me, umah. But the way we talk Hebrew, it comes out mumah. Mumah. Like as though the aleph is not there. Aleph did not fare well in the history of the Hebrew language. Right? Aleph. I mean, there are a lot of words with alephs in them that you, that you don't pronounce the aleph, right? So, son, sheep. Rosh, head. This is Upan level A. Uh, don't go beyond A. So the word Rosh, for example, the word Rosh has an Aleph in the middle, but you don't pronounce it. It's gone from the pronunciation world. And the word Tzom, which means sheep, is, is pronounced without, as though the Aleph was not there. So the word meuma, I say meuma because if you if you uh, lane on Shabbos, if you lane the parsha, everybody will scream at you if you don't say meuma. But the way people pronounced it apparently was muma. Muma is very similar to the word mum, which is a physical blemish, and so that's how Rashi that's how Rashi gets it. How did we get to this story about Akedat Yitzchak? because I wanted to say that there's a difference between Avram Avinu's reaction to the Tzivui, to the command to do Akedat Yitzchak, and Avram Avinu's reaction to the news that God was going to destroy Sodom Bamora. In the first case, Avinu Avinu's concerned about how he's going to do it. Right, he, he, that's no moral compunction about sacrificing his son. His problem is, could I do it exactly right? You know, could I get the Zman right? Will I be able to get it without Chometz? With all of these things. That's Avram Avinu's problem. When it comes to stone, storm, Avram Avinu is unhappy. He says to HaKadosh Baruch I'm looking at the Perek, Perek Yud It's not on the sheet. Perek Yud chet, Pasuk Cafe, Chalila Lecha Measot Kedavar Hazel. Lamit Tzadiki Chalila Lecha. you imagine? Somebody saying to God, uh, what, a, "What a terrible idea! You know, like, you, like it's really the worst thing I've ever heard that you're going to go and, and kill the people in in Stolbavara." Can it be that the judge of judges is not going to do a reasonable judgment? I mean, you, I mean, is really worked up about it. He wasn't worked up about sacrificing his son. But he is worked up about what's going to happen in Sto So why is he worked up about what happens in Stove So I bring as a reference, it's also not on the sheet. It's an exciting week. I, nothing is on the sheet. I don't know why there's a sheet. <laughs> there must be a reason. So the Rambam, the Rambam was talking in the beginning of the Chodah The Rambam talks about how Avodah idolatry, came into the world. After all, the way the story is in the Breshid, everybody's talking to God. Everybody talking, how could you get from everybody talking to God to Avodah That seems like a little, bit, a little bit strange. So the Rambam, in his discussion, uh, gets up to Avram Avinu. He says, he says, you know, the things were going wild, there was a lot of idolatry in the world, and then he says he says the situation was just terrible in the world before Noach everybody was an idolater hardly anybody held on to the pure faith right you know whatever that that was of that knowing that God remember we, we saw Malki Tzedek remember Malki Tzedek that el Yod, the two basic principles, the principle of el Yod, there's one God that's above all other kinds of powers, and Konei Shemaim and the creator of, of, of heavens and earth that God created, God created the world. So he says there were a few people left who knew these things. There was hardly anybody before Noah, before the flood in Noah. While there, the, the Rabbi says, Ayah and so so and this was this was history. That's what happened. Everybody was an idolater, except a few people here and there. A little nutty, they were a little nutty, a little strange. They stood to themselves, and they were they were the ones who knew about God. They still remembered about God. And then the rabbi says, Ad until he was born. Who is he? The pillar of the world, the thing that holds up the world, the who? And I name him. The Rabbah says dramatically. This is called dramatic writing. Who? Because you don't know. Avraham Avin. This is the story of it. So Abraham Avin was not only possessed of the truth, but he was Abudoshel Olam, meaning he was the cause for the exist, very existence of the world. There was his God, wondering about whether the world should continue to be or not, and Abram Avinu turned the scales in favor of, of existence. So then... And he there, said he wasn't going to destroy the what? world. What? After Noah, what he said, oh, God said he wasn't going to destroy the world. Again. After Noah... I'm sorry, and didn't his said he wasn't going to destroy the rainbow. He wasn't going oh. to destroy the world. Oh, very good. That is on the sheet. <laughs> we'll get to it We'll get to it momentarily. Uh, but this is what the Rambam says. Then the Rambam goes on and he says, Rambam says, uh, it's it us talking about Avram Avinu. It's it not talking about Avram Avinu. Are you, uh, what's he going to say about Avram Avinu? What, what's the Rambam going to say? I mean, I mean, it's really worth looking at. If you've never seen it, you don't remember it, you should look at it. But here the Rambam says, these words for the Ramam are really meaningful. Emet, truth, and sedek, which maybe means justice. I mean, we could you could have like a think of, a thinking about what those words mean. It's words that you think you know the meaning of that are the most challenging. Because if you don't know what it means, you go look it up in the dictionary today. You Google it. But, but if you think you know what it means, then it's the nuances that become very difficult. So here the Rambam says, Avram Avinu went on a search for Emet and Sedeq, and he, and he found it, right? He found it, and then after that, Keva Shegevar Lehem Berayotav says, he started arguing the case. Everybody he met, he would say, there's only one God. A god created the world. And everybody he met, he got into this, into this discussion. He says, So we know that Nimrod, remember Nimrod? He wanted to kill, you know, Terach. Terach was not a nice man. And so he told Nimrod that Abraham was spreading false notions about religion. And of course, Terech according to Chazal was the guy who sold I- idols, so he really didn't like Abraham's storytelling, which sort of excluded idols. Like it's like his business was going down the drain. When the Rambam says, also interesting, Darselo You know, there's a whole story. He was thrown into into the lion's den. He Abraham was thrown to the lion's den. He smiled at the lions, and the lions smiled back, and then. That was it. That was the the end of the story. Says Raman doesn't tell that story. He just says a miracle took place, and then he went to Haran. <speaking in Hebrew> he started screaming for the entire world to hear, <speaking in Hebrew> to to announce to them, <speaking in Hebrew> that there is only one God. One God. And serving the one God is the right thing to do. He would go from place to place and get everybody together and, and, and larger regions until he finally got to Canaan and he's screaming out this is truth. Allah. That's Avram Avinu according according to the Rabbah. So according to this Rabbah, the Rabbah now doesn't say what Avram is going to say, but I think he could have said it. When Avram Avinu, when Avram Avinu heard that God was going to destroy Stomva Amorah, what was Avram Avinu's problem? What was Avram Avinu's problem? It wasn't where not, was not whether God was just. Avramavinu knew that God was just remember the Rambam Emet, that was not an issue for Avram Avinu just as it was not an issue for Avram Avinu just and, and truth were not an issue when it came to God certainly God true, certainly God just, what was the issue the issue Avram Avinu had was how am I going to explain it To the others, to the people who don't know, to the people who don't have that same concept of truth and justice about God? How am I going to explain it to them? So Avraham Abinu asked their question, the question of the people he was going to meet running around and trying to promote belief in God. He said, what are their 50 tzaddikim? What are their 50 tzaddikim? And so, uh, uh, HaKadosh Baruch said, "Okay, fifty tzaddikim. I won't destroy. I'll, I'll, in, in other words, God said I will accommodate your questions. I'll make it known that if there were fifty tzaddikim, they won't it won't be destroyed. As it was, there were no there were no tzaddikim. I mean, even Lot, who was saved, could hardly be called a tzaddik according to our our, our notion. So the first thing I wanted to say about the Discussion between Hakadosh Baruch and Avram Avinu about Stomva Amora was that the issue had nothing to do with justice and had nothing to do with truth because that was a certainty for Avram Avinu. What did it have to do with? It had to do with had to do with what he would say to the people he met. How would he spread the word that God is just? if God just arbitrarily overturns the entire city of, uh, of Sadov, the cities of Sadov and Amorah. Sounds like our political what? situation today. Today. Our, our Israel versus the Arab. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what what's, what's the EU going to say if we do this or that? Well, that, that's taken care of in the first Rashi. The first Rashi in the Plumash takes care of that. Because the Rashi says it, the people in the United Nations come and they say you stole the land to the Jews. So what do we say? Well, how do we respond to that? We so according to Rashi, according to Rashi, you respond by, though so they, they, the United Nations, they say, we've been here for a, a long time. We, the Arabs, have been here for a long time, and therefore, uh, how do you know? I mean, what right do you have to say that God has changed his position? Because why are we the Arabs here in Israel? Because God wanted us to be there. Okay, Rashi says the seven nations of Canaan. I see since nobody's reacting, I don't want you to think that I'm quoting Rashi. The seven nations of Canaan say to the Jews, we've been here a long time, and how'd we get here? It must be that God wanted us to be here. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So how can you come and tell us that God has changed his mind? That seems to be a breach of some kind of theology. Right? We would say that God doesn't change his mind. So according to Rashi, the book of Rashid comes to tell us, it's also the Ramban says the same thing in a different, different way, but comes to tell us that there's something called Reward and punishment. And what does reward and punishment imply? Imply. Reward and punishment implies change. Because that's what, that's what punishment is. You have it, and now you don't have it. That's a punishment. Or you didn't have it, and now you do have it. That's a reward. So reward and punishment equals change. Right? You can't really have a system of reward and punishment unless you agree that things can change. And things change. Therefore, therefore, the the uh, the Chachamim uh, the, the the Talmud they ask about Yitziat Mitzrayim. Yitziat Mitzrayim. It's not yet Chanukah, but if you could remember Pesach, we had a, we celebrate Yitziat Mitzrayim at that time. Well, so Yitziat Mitzrayim. Yitziat Mitzrayim. The question was: Why were the Egyptians severely punished in the process of Yitziat Mitzrayim? After all, they enslaved the Jews. It was a prophecy that God gave to Avram Avinu. So, why punish the Egyptians for doing what God wanted them to do? Question. So the answer is: They went overboard. In 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 other words, yes they did they were the emissaries they were god's emissary yes that's true but they went at it with too much energy and devotion and for that they deserve to be punished so that the punishment the punishment is led to change right things change that's what reward and punishment is that there is a possibility of change and that's what rashi says in the first Rashi on the Chumash, and if you have energy, you can look at the Ramban, and the Ramban says the same thing, but kind of more, expansive, more expansively. Rashi says it though, uh, it's concisely, and and I think he doesn't use the word sechar but I think that that's what he means. That's what he means. You can't have a world of reward and punishment unless you agree that change could take place, because that's what that's what reward and punishment. Causes It can't all just stay the same So you say to the Canaanites because, Okay, you are here in Eretz Israel Because God determined That you deserve to be in Eretz Israel. Now God has determined that you don't deserve it Anymore And therefore it's going to be handed over To the Jews as they come to Eretz Canaan." Okay So now let's look at some of the That's one thing I wanted to say the second thing I wanted to say, we look at a few psukim. You see uh, uh, right, let's let's start from You at the top the, the, the psukim at the top of the sheet. Now there's a difference right? we're almost up to your question. There's a difference between the flood and the story of Sdom vaMorah, right? In the the story of Sdom vaMorah, the cities were destroyed by Gafrit vaEish, Aish's fire. Gafrit is tar. May Hashem came down from heaven, and as a result, by Arim, the cities were turned over. HaEl bees so what else was destroyed in the turning of that was not destroyed apparently in the flood? Things growing in the ground because when Noach got out of the Teva when Noach left the Teva and went into the world he, he planted he, he, everything worked Everything worked, but here in Sudovah the Adama is destroyed, and then Batbeit Ishdo B'acharav, I don't want to talk about feminism and and women and looking and and, and uh, she turned into into salt. But what I do want to say is that you know that if you pour salt over the land, over the earth, what happens? You can't grow anything. The the earth becomes enfeebled by the salt. So I think that this is a uh, uh, a, a mashal, like a kind of a metaphor for some greater thing. Pasuk Kav Zayin Vayish Vayishchem Avraham B'bokeh Vayishchem Avraham Right. Remember, he said Vayishchem Avraham B'bokeh Vakei Datiitzchat is where we learn about reason. LeMitzvot. You have to. Get up early do a mitzvah. He have the same language again. By Hashkem Avraham, we don't learn it from this pasuk, but it is the same, the same formulation. Ela makova shemad sham et pene Hashem. There was something, a place where God appeared to Avram Avinu. By Hashkem for pene Sedom, he looked over Sedom vaMura. Val kopeh eretz akikar vaYar v'nei alaki tor haAretz the whole land turned into a furnace the whole place of Sodom turned into a furnace I mean it's not like the Mabul at all it's not like the Mabul at all the Mabul, the Mabul wiped out the distinctions in creation right part of creation was here is the water and here is the dry land you can't have creation if you don't have Vayavdel, if you don't have a distinction, a separation of water and, and land. That's what creation is. So when the, the Mabul came and covered up the land, that part of creation was wiped out. And we referred it back to... Referred it back to... B'ruach ha'elokim ha'chefet ha'mayim. There was before, before, and there was after. Before, there were no distinctions. It was all water. Afterwards, as Vayavdel. There were distinctions. And what was the flood? The flood took us back to pre-distinction. So that when the water subsided, when the water subsided, when the flood subsided, you got back what you started out with. I mean, except for the people who died, of course. But I'm saying that the, the creation... The creation was the same as it was before. There was man, there was one man who already had a wife, his name was Noach, right? There was a man and that man lived in a world or went out of the ark into a world where there were distinctions, there was water and there was land, right? There was that distinction and then Noach received a mitzvah, what was the mitzvah? Or that was the mitzvah, you see the mitzvah, that made him into a man. He so said, you, you are connected to God. This is what God wants you to do. And this is what Noah went to do. So Noah was a direct connection, even though he was a new beginning. He was a direct following, uh, followed directly Adam Arishon, who was born into the world of distinctions, who received the mitzvah of uh, pru or vu, and who uh, couldn't make a go of it in the... In, uh, in Gan the Eden, and so Noah was didn't have that option. So look again at Pasuk Kavchet. When Ashkevah looked at it, The whole thing turned into a furnace. All of the land of of of, of plus the fact that she became a, a kind of pillar of salt. All of which indicates devastation that cannot be repaired. Until today, until today, you can't you can't grow anything with uh, with Yam ha-mela. You can't can't do anything there. Well, okay, today you can get the the minerals out of it. A, I, maybe I should retreat from that. I retreat. Vayhi when bishachet elokim et nothing like this was ever said about the mabul, about the flood. The flood, everything was covered by water. Whoever needs the land to live was not able to live. The fish are a problem, right? You know, the chazal think about that. Think about what happened to the fish in the in the, in the, in the mabul. But here it says, here it says, bishachet elokim et Vayisko Elohim et Abraham. Vayisko Elohim et Abraham. So before I try to explain that, what Vayisko Elohim et Abraham, because after all, it's hard to speak about God as remembering, sort of implying that God might forget something, and that remembering is something worth noting. But if you go down to. Uh, Breshit uh, Perikhet, the next after the next one, right? Breshit Perikhet, Basuk Aleph, et Noach, beima Teva. Now this is really, I mean, the whole world is water. There are no distinctions anymore. Creation has been obliterated. All that's left is all that's left is Noach and the Teva and so you say like you know where was God a minute before what do you mean there was nothing else happening in the world all the other movies were closed so what is so Rashi says so he you know Rashi he was concerned about the use of the names of God and the word Elohim is the name of God that represents judgment and Hashem so that's Breshid Bar Elohim et the Shemai Veta So Chazal said that the reason that the world could not continue to exist in its original format was because God created the world with justice. And we just are not capable of living up to that to that standard. So Rashi says Zeh Dinu. Right? Elohim. V'nebcha lemidat rachamim ar yidei tefilat ha-tsadikim. It became, it turned into rachamim uh, ar yidei tefilat ha-tsadikim. V'yishatam shel v'yishayim hofeket midat rachamim lemidat ha-din. So what Rashi says, Rashi says this, V'yizkor Elohim at noach That somehow, Vayizkor, let's look at the, de- the next right there. The Vayizkor modifies or mitigates the name of God, Elohim, which means Din. That somehow like remember, remember Rosh Hashanah? You do remember. It happens annually. It's usually two days. Sometimes it's, there's a Shabbos there also, which makes it feel like three days. when we say Tkiyat Shofar or even if we don't do Tkiyat Shofar in the Shabbos we say Psukim. that kind of put us into the right mood there are Psukim about Malchiot, there are Psukim about Zichronot there are Psukim about so okay Malchiyot I understand there's a major theme on Rosh Hashanah that God is the King which I guess means that you know you should follow the directives to the mitzvot. I mean, in any event, it makes sense. It makes sense. A shofarot. That's the basic mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah. It's to blow the shofar. So to to get involved in thinking about shofarot, that also makes sense. At least to me, it makes sense. But what exactly are zikronot? Right, To quote a, a bunch of psukim. In which the idea of zecher, of memory, of remembering, is mentioned. But what's the what's the big deal? Who that we keep saying God should remember. God should remember us. Remember who we are. Remember. Why do we think anything else? In any event, I think that vayiskor elokibet noach is a word that describes the new beginning. By Israel Elohim, it's like God said, and now we start again. And now we start, and as He takes note of, it's like the next step, the next step in the process. The first step was the flood and wiping out to some extent the original creation. The next step is giving Noah the mantle of, of creation, giving him the mantle which enables him to succeed to go on to do what whatever has to has to be done so let's go back to Perek Chet Pasuk Alem no I'm sorry let's go back to Perek Yutet Pasuk Kaftet, the last Pasuk in the first section when God destroyed the cities in this plain right Stove and Hamorah Admabitzwaim. Ba Yiskar Elohim Ed Avraham. Baiskar Elokim Ed Avraham. Again we have the name of God that is being used is Elokim. Ba Yiskar Elokim et Avraham. Ba Yeshalachet Lot Bitokha Pihaba Afoket Arima She Shaba Lot and he sent out Lot. He sent Lot out of the city. Lot was Lot was saved. What does Rashi say? What does Rashi say about Vayiskor Lekimet at Noah? Remember, Vayiskor Lekimet says shame. Bidat Adinu. Vanevchalim. Vidad Rachamim. Al Yedaitzvi sadikim. Al Yedaitzvi Latzadikim. Tzvi Sadikim, That comes from. That comes from. The Gemara in Masayot Brachot. The second uh, uh, source from the bottom of the page. The second source, Omar Rabbi Yochanan. You know Rabbi Yochanan? Rabbi Yochanan was the last generation, or next to the last generation, of Moorahim, in Eretz Yisrael, and responsible for the Yerushalmi. Reish Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan, even though it's, uh, they were kind of the editors. They had something to do with creating the 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 Yerushalmi. Listen to this. Afilu bishat ka aso shal Hu. Even when HaKodesh Boruch is angry, Whozocheret at He remembers the righteous. She neamar, she neamar quotes our pasuk. Why he bishachet elokim et arei akikar? Why he skore et Abraham? So again, what's the pshat? Why he bishachet elokim? What's elokim? Elokim midat adin. A God is going to destroy. The studies of Sodom vaAmorah etarei et Abraham. What is vayiskor? Not like we remember, where we sort of like remembering is not a, a a voluntary act. I, I just remember. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that, but not because I thought about it. It just sort of comes to me. But according to the Gemara, vayiskor ilokim et Abraham means that God purposely. Remembered Abraham? Why? Because by remembering Abraham, this is explained in Rashi. You have to keep your finger on both both things. Rashi says, Rashi says that the tzaddikim modify, mitigate the divine decision to punish. So, score Elokim et Abraham means God wanted. Abraham there in the picture, he wanted Abraham to be there with him when he punished Tom Amora, because Abraham would lend, uh, would make it possible for HaKodesh Borchum to limit his justice, his din, and adopt the mantle of of Rachamim then he sent out Lot even though Lot did not deserve to be saved he was certainly not righteous in the sense of righteousness he, he did something that was positive but he was not righteous and he was not even righteous in his dealings with Abraham Avinu he was actually quite negative that, that's it that's it so you see, you see another explanation for Abraham Avinu making his way to God and saying, 50, you're going to kill them." So it's not so much the according to this Gemara; it's not the particular argument that Abraham is making, but it's the presence of Abraham that has to be has to be uh, taken into account. So Avraham Avinu injected himself into the discussion. Like he said, oh, I hear HaKodesh that you're going to do this or do that. I I would like to be present. I would like to be present. How am I going to be present by, by asking a question? Now this is all, uh, I think, what Rav Cook meant to say in the Ein The Ein is a commentary that Rav Cook wrote on the Agadot, of the of Shas. He managed to get through Brachot and most of Shabbat. That's just the first two volumes. He did it when he was quite young, but it's hard to tell. I mean that he was quite young. I mean. And he has a certain way of writing, which uh, sometimes is a little difficult, but I think we can figure it out, more or less. So this is what he says. Kol Midot HaNaga HaLokit When I speak about divine leadership, the way God runs the world right he says the way God runs the world is always a reflection of these words tzedek and musa you remember the Rambam that we saw emet v'tzedek The Rav Rav Kook calls it always tzedek and musar. Musar is a word that describes like ethical action, doing the right thing, because it is the right thing, even though it may not be clearly defined in the It Nevertheless, that's that's what we call musar. Musar, by the way, is a word that's hard to translate and is often used in English as musar as well. Right, so you could say, you're allowed to say the word Musa. Okay? Al-Keyn. Okay. In order to get people to move themselves in the direction of righteousness, Chayav liyot ban There has to be in the uh, leadership and the authority so you always need to make this point that the tzadikim are very important in the world because they're the ones who lead us in, a, in an ethical path in making sure that we do the, the right thing because as everybody knows, there are a lot of questions that seem to be unclear. And the lack of clarity we may use for our advantage. We say, oh, it's not, not perfectly clear, so I'll be a bad person. You know, because I don't have clear leadership. But the tzaddikim are the people who do give. And there are people like that. Everybody knows people who are able to influence uh, others with their righteousness. Uh, so he says, uh, I'm in the fifth line. Ashpa'at that because of them, there's certain achievement and success. also for the others, for people who are nearby, right? Nearby them, the man, yes, Musari, Rabim, dov Akhar hatzedek Saad Musari. There'll be support, right? Ethical support that will enable everybody to. Chase after righteousness, uh, the Tzedek. Amnam, Mora Shamaim, Mora Hadin Onesh, that the fear of heaven and the fear of judgment and punishment. Harishaim, Kam Haim, Mitikunei Haolam, Umi He says, because you fear punishment, sometimes Rishaim also provide a fixing. The, the the wicked people can also provide thinking because they're afraid, and so somehow these influences are uh, are negative. They they seem to contradict etc. So what is it that Rav Kook? What is Rav Kook doing? He says, "Here's a Gemara. The Gemara is talking about a specific event in Jewish history, and that specific event in Jewish history was when Avram Avinu was remembered by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and Avram Avinu was remembered Hakadosh Baruch Hu when Avram when Hu set out to destroy Sodom and Amorah." And why was he why was he remembered according to the Gemara? Why was he remembered? Because Tzadikim, i.e. Avramavinu, modify and mitigate the din and turn it into rachamin, into mercy. And that's why the Pasuk ends by saying, and so God let Lot escape. Right? It was because of Avramavinu that God let Lot escape, and it wasn't because Lot himself was a worthy, uh, per, a worthy personality. Allah comes Rav Cook, and what Rav cook says, even in the part that we just read, what Rav Kuk says is, this is true. This is true, even today. Even today, it's the righteous people who kind of train us, or teach us, or lead us in the direction of of ethics and morals. They show us the way. And when they're around, it's very hard for me, anybody, anybody to deny that, deny what they what they are doing, what they are doing. So on the one hand, on the one hand, the destruction of Stonewall Moran was in some way much more serious and tragic that the destruction of the world with a, by fl- a flood, because the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah apparently was irreparable, irreparable, irreparable. It remained a place where you could not, where you could not uh, grow anything. You know that God tells Yirmiyahu uh, uh, Navi. But ra'ah, you remember, mitzavon that the, the ra'ah will come from the north, and the, you know, is it Am Yisrael, the destruction of Am Yisrael will come from the north. Uh, what's in the north? So you could say Babylonia, Assyria, you know, historic enemies of Am Yisrael. But there's a medrash in the Pirkei the Rabbi that says that when God <coughs> created the world there was a little bit of the world that was left uncreated and that was in the north and therefore all of the ra all of the evil that you see in the world originates in that north there is this idea of the uncreated world but at the time of Sidon, the punishment that they received even though God said that this is in the in this section that we didn't read, but it's there. God said, I won't do it again. I won't bring down this kind of destruction of Israel. This kind of destruction was a destruction where the waters obliterated the distinction, the Vayavdel, between the dry land and the waters. Right? There was this obliteration of that, of that distinction. Uh, that's not going to happen again. But Stom Vah mora, which is people denying the connection of God to the creation, which produces an uncreated piece of territory, uncreated in the sense that you can't plant there, you can't grow anything there, you can't do anything, anything there. That's the negative, or the, 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 the part of the story of Stomla which is unfortunate. But the other part of the story was by score Elohim and Abraham. That Abraham, righteous as he was, was able to modify God's behavior from Din to Rachamim and cause the saving of, of Lot at that, uh, at that particular time. And that's what the, the Pasukh says. Okay. Have a good Shabbos.